This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we do a podcast on a Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. They call it Blue Tuesday something like that uh no blue monday till tuesday voices carry al dukes what's up oh hi jerry i put out a uh, tweet earlier today while the show was going on asking people who their current favorite hosts are for whether that be radio whether that be tv whether it be podcasts whether it be youtube videos i just wanted to see like who people were listening to or watching and that sort of thing and I got a lot of answers. Nothing all that exciting to me. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm in a weird space about, like, th- I get so bored so quickly now with everything. Right. Everything. I find a podcast that I'm interested in. Um, 15 minutes in, I'm like, this is awesome. I found my new podcast. 30 minutes in, I'm like, I'm not interested in this anymore. And I have no, <laughs> and I don't know what is going on with me. I don't know if it's just. Midlife crisis. No, I just think that there's there are way too many choices that I'm, I'm having a hard time picking things out to try. Like you can't okay. just randomly try podcasts. There's a legitimately a million of them. Oh, that's true. You know, so it's like when you try something, I give it a very because there are so many to try and so many to give a shot to. I give something like five minutes and i've decided either i'm bored or i'm going to keep listening five minutes oh that's it i don't know i I just i lose interest so quickly and i don't know if that's because my radio background has me for the most part listening to shows that have been tried and true and tested and i don't know i just don't know what it is i just i wish i enjoyed podcasts more right i also think that that the whole podcast thing is partially fugazi. Like when I look at the top 50 podcasts, I bet after the top 10, sure, they barely have any listeners. And there's, it's just such a crowded space. It's difficult to wrap my head around. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've said that to you many times when I will go away, I will decide, all right, let's, let's download a couple of podcasts. I don't know what I'm looking at because it's just, there's so many of them. And I know they're supposed to be niche type of uh, entertainment, but I don't know. I, I find like a topic I like, but to me the host has no credibility because I don't know who they are. 
Right, or they have no personality. Or that, and that, that, by the way, with the amount of podcasts I have downloaded for all the Rutgers trips I've gone on, and I do, I fly a lot, obviously, because of that. How many of them are so incredibly boring? Oh, and welcome back to the blah, 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 blah podcast. And I'm like, oh, my God. Just like the, um, I'll give you one. I went through the Phil Jackson podcast last week. I forget the name of it, but the two hosts, I'm sure they're very nice guys. But it was just, there's just no energy, no no nothing. It was just like three guys chatting, and Phil Jackson is so slow and lethargic when he speaks. It put me to sleep. And so that would be one where if I wasn't, and I got, I cut that up for the show and didn't use it because Boomer wasn't interested. But if I wasn't cutting it up for the show, I would have never listened to more than three or four minutes of it. Right. It's tough. You're right. And, that's, and, and, you know, we do five hours of sports in the morning. I listen to Carton and Roberts in the afternoon. I, I am not looking for another sports podcast. A lot of people have recommended this Tim Dillon. He's a comedian. Okay. I don't about know his that. podcast. So I, I put it on. I hadn't heard of him either, but many people recommended it. So I put it on yesterday, 15 minutes in. I was like, this is my new podcast. I'm going to be all about this. I got to go back and listen to all the episodes. 37 minutes in, I was like, bored and wanted to nothing else to do with it too much maybe like what if you would have shut it off the 15 minute mark would you be excited to turn on another one today i don't know but i'm using them when i'm walking the dog okay right and sometimes i go for 30 minute walks i I want to look for and as much as i hate radio guests i find that for podcast i generally am only interested if it's a guest i'm interested in that's really odd well, the reason I don't like radio guests versus – so a radio guest, like the way radio – it's like kind of like when, when people would say talking about hockey and things like that. It's like, well, well, if no one cares about hockey, why does the New York Post cover hockey? Because if, I don't, if I'm reading the New York Post and I don't like hockey, I turn the page, I'm off hockey, but I'm still in the New York Post. So they haven't lost me as a customer. Where if I talk hockey on the radio, people are leaving the station. So I'm anti-guest on the radio because I don't think you could find guests that are universally liked. Okay, so, but hold to on me, one second. Because yeah. your word's not mine. That's also the problem when we have a show that's based on Mets news. Yeah. The Yankee fan doesn't give her. Like I can, I give you a good example. One thing that turns my brother off so much uh, on our station is when we talk a lot of Jets. Yeah. He is so disinterested in the Jets. He literally turns on ESPN radio. You know, and and that's me. Like I'm on the show. <laughs> and right. he can't he can't take it when shows are so yeah. wrapped up in jet talk. Um I it's just I don't know. Radio's tough, man. Exactly what you're saying. You can flip the page in a magazine or a newspaper. The radio is what it is at that moment. Right, because, you know, uh, we've talked about before, you'll get tweets that go, oh, the Mets are on the verge of signing Lindor, and you're talking about walnuts? It's like, yeah. well, we just did 30 minutes on Lindor. And you missed it. But you missed it because you turned the radio on at a different time than what we were talking. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's 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 such a weird time that we're in right now because of everything being on demand, but everything, I guess it's the same as, like, YouTube, like how people... I guess how people find people on YouTube would be the same way they find podcasts. Their YouTube has even more content than podcast has, and there are still people that stick out on YouTube. But YouTube, unless they're getting fake views and fake follows, their statistics are right there. I wish podcasts 
had a way to show the statistics in real time the way that YouTube videos does. Like yeah. this will say this has 3,000 likes or 3,000 views or podcasts you have no idea. And everything looks the same on a podcast platform. You get a nice graphic, which is very easy to do. Uh, and it looks nice and it's it, it has equal footing to legitimate podcast with uh you know half a million downloads sure you know I'm so it's at, just so weird like, I'm, so like i'm going to i'm on spotify right now podcast yeah. page like i'm with you if this would at least show me i don't even know how many downloads but if you tell me how many subscribers yeah the podcast had that would help me but i think for the 98% of them, they don't want you to know because it makes them look like no one is listening or viewing. Yeah, no, I I think you're right about that. It is, it's amazing, though, when you look here. Like, the Joe Rogan experience comes up on the cover page, which you certainly would expect, and I would think you'd want that number out there. Correct. If I pop it up, yeah, it doesn't tell you how many subscribers. They don't tell you anything. But then the other thing is, like, everything's a lie, right? So you can, you know, people just put out... Oh, we have 2 million subscribers with no proof. So then if one person lies, everyone has to lie because you're being compared to, you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. I don't know, the whole thing's a mess. The podcast world is a mess to me. It's what it is. It's, and I don't know how to fix no it. Proof. Uh, well, I don't think you're going to fix it. I want to fix it, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do that, but good luck. I want to fix podcasts. <laughs> well, you do, no, you want to know stats. That's what you want. Yeah, I want to know stats. That's what you want. I really would love to find a podcast, and many people have suggested many over the because this is a common theme for me. It's a very frustrating thing. I end up listening to podcasts based on guests, but I would love to find a podcast that feels like a radio show to me, that feels like two guys or a man and a woman or two women, whatever, talking that's interesting to me. I think but, you found it. It's called the uh, the post game podcast. <laughs> but the other thing with podcasts, which I find are, are similar to blogs, it's like, and maybe this is what happened with this Tim Dillon podcast. They go on and on and on, and there's no editing. Well, that's also to me what makes a very good radio talk show host too is when they know when something's over and when to move on. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases with pod, and I don't, I'm not really insulting anybody because most of the podcasts are not from radio people. They're entertainers, they're songwriters, they're, you know, maybe columnists. You know, they don't have, and that's kind of what we're talking about, them being boring, if you will. You know, they don't move it along. They don't know how to end it. And they just drawn on and on and on because they don't feel like it's been long enough. So I'm not, a, I'm really not a podcast person at all, except when I'm flying um, so it doesn't bother me as much as it does you, but I totally get the the confusion, the um, the annoyance, all of that. I, I get. Yeah, I want to be a podcast person, and I, know you do. I want when I commute home, which I'm going to be doing starting next week. Driving in, I love to listen to music. Which dark? I like the music. Driving home, even though I just we just did five hours of of talk radio, I want talk, and I've lost complete interest in Howard Stern unless he has a guest I'm interested in, which is not very often. Right. So I've even lost that. I've lost my interest in that. Hmm. That's tough. Boy, you really are struggling. I know. So I got nothing. And every time I think I have something, I 
lose interest in it so quickly. What about finding podcasted radio shows like you know, like Carton and Roberts? They said they put out the their show. Why don't you find a show from a different city? Or something Well, I don't like... want to do sports. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of sports. Oh, it doesn't have to be sports. I'm saying, like, why don't you and then, save your... What's, say, what's the financial guy? Dave, why don't you save your Dave, Dave Ramsey, Ramsey podcast for your ride home? Because even Dave Ramsey ruined himself. He had enough of that, too. No, but By bringing he, in all the guest hosts. Right. He's, it's no longer called Dave Ramsey Show. It's called Ramsey. And mm. it's Dave and another person every day. Got it. And he, I see what he's doing. He's he's looking to retire, and he's trying to ease these people in. Yeah. So when people have a question, the guest host answers first, and then Ramsey gives his opinion. Right. So it's a lot more of this guest host, and none of them, they're not Dave Ramsey. It's very hard to replicate uh, an addictive personality. And I like your idea of looking for a radio show, but if it's not sports or politics, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, that's true, too, because it's music, sports, and politics, and there's very little entertainment out there. Yeah, there's no fun talk shows. It's hard to be fun, because to be anymore. funny, you got to say things that are going to get you. In a lot of cases, you get yourself in trouble. Get yourself in trouble. It's not worth it. No, it's not. It really isn't. Hmm. You're not making enough money to, to, to you know jeopardize being fired for yeah. something that you may not think is controversial, but could be. And then it doesn't take long for all of a sudden you to be out the door. Right. Now, some things are obviously, you know, stupid, and we can see those. And when people get fired for saying really stupid things, you get it. But then there are other times people are just ignorant to something they say, and I know ignorance is not uh, a defense, but sometimes people really are just stupid. Yes. <laughs> and they don't you're know stupid. what they're saying. Yes. I would fall into that category if I didn't just, you know, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I could see myself saying something you know, oh, that they course. didn't realize was dumb, you know, whatever the case may be and whatever the subject was. I'll tell you how sensitive it is that you get and you think. So the other day on the warm-up show, so live radio, yeah, we were talking about something and you said, uh, we were somehow talking about the food and you talked about when the chef, like you don't want to offend the chef by, yeah. and I go, oh, the chef will, yeah, then the chefs get all uppity. And as soon as it left my mouth, I was like, is that a proper term? I don't know. So that was like in my head the rest of the warm-up show. And then I Googled it, and it's not. It's not an offensive term. But I, as it, when I heard it, when I heard it come out of my mouth, I was like, hmm, is that? Yeah, I know what you're I, saying. I don't know. Because it's a word you've heard, and maybe you weren't exactly sure 100% on the definition, and all of a sudden right. you sit there and say, wait a second. Right. I can tell you. That and this is a long time ago, and I am not going to say who it was and what the reference was, but I would say going back to 1998, I think it was 98. I was working with a couple of people, and one person used a reference I actually never heard of it. And for him, I don't even know that he knew what the reference was. It was just right. something that him and his friends joked about, you know, growing up. Like, it was just one of those phrases. Like, a lot of people did when they were kids. You hear things and you repeat them. And he said it, and the host looked at him with this look of, did you just say that? And he, and give the host a lot of credit, he hit the dump button. And we're yeah. at the break, and the guy says to him, and I'll tell you off the air, uh, and the guy tells him, you know, what were you thinking? Why would you say that? And then the anchor, who it was, says, I'm not sure I understand what the problem, what is the problem? Right. And he explained to him what it meant. There was like a secondary meaning to it. And he was blown away and like thanked him for hitting the dump button. He's like, I could have got fired for saying that. 
Right. And this is back in 1997 or 98 when it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't like it is now where people really do lose their job very quickly um, and, and where we're at. So it's, it's interesting, you know, where we're at now and, and what you can say, what you shouldn't say, what you can say, and what uh, is basically fireable. Correct. So uh, the struggle is real, Jerry. I'm trying to find a podcast that will entertain me, that will interest me, and that I'll want to go back to. We'll see if I ever find one. I hope you do. I hope me you too. do. Because I, I really like them for, like Joe Rogan has that long podcast. But if it's someone interesting, like he had Jim Brewer on the other day, it was three hours long. So that took me like a week of walking the dog. Sure. Oh, I can imagine. And it was I interesting because it wasn't about Jim's, it started out about his comedy. Then it went into, they were covering everything. They were talking about coronavirus and vaccines and what's real and what's fake. It was a very interesting listen. Our own person, I thought of this this weekend, and I actually wrote it down to discuss with you, and I've, I've just forgotten to this very moment. Different personalities to me are fascinating. Like, do you think your personality, you are born with it, it is a learned behavior, or do you think it's a mix of both? I say a mix of both. Yeah, I think so, too. I always wonder, because just like for, just interests. So, like, the conversation you and I are having right now, I am with you. Like Again, your radio thing with the guest thing, fine. You've made that very clear. I am on the complete opposite side where I like guests and I actually am more into the guests than the host sometimes and will draw me into a show um, depending upon what I hear. And it's just funny how then on a podcast you like the guest and on a podcast I don't mind the guest, but I'm looking for more outside-the-box stuff. Very yes. strange. Right. You don't want a podcast... Well, that's the other thing. The podcasts have become like the talk shows used to be. So when a guest is pr- when somebody's promoting something, they go on every podcast. Yeah. So you start to see people. True. They, you know, they have a comedy special on Netflix. You see them on every podcast, just like you used to see them all on all the late night shows. Right. Very because they're pushing the product and they got to get it out to basically every audience they can. I think like if I'm going for a podcast because of the guest, it means I don't really care for the host. Perfect example for. Example for me is Mark Marin. Mark Marin has a very popular podcast. He talks for the first 12 minutes. It's just him talking. I zip past that every single time. And I go to him talking to the guest, only if the guest is interesting, which right, is sure. about once every three weeks and once every four weeks. That interests you. That interests me, right. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. It just, I just find, I find it fascinating, the different interests that people have and the way people are and like what makes someone tick, what annoys someone. Why, you know, why, why does something bother you so much? And why do I have such a, I don't give a crap, you know, take on that. And then something might bother me a lot. And you look at me like, why? Yeah. Just strange. It It is very strange. Yes. But I guess that's life experience where we are in our world. And it's just different. uh, I don't know. It's just different. Jerry, I want to go back to radio only and three, four TV channels. Then we can all <laughs> listen to and watch the same things and all have a shared experience, which we can don't I have, have two, anymore. Can I have two through 13? I don't, I don't want to limit it to four. Give me two, right. four, five, seven, nine, 11, 13. Fair enough. But like we, used to all, we used to all have shared experiences. Yeah, we don't now. We're living different lives, that's for sure. Like we all used to watch uh, American Idol. We all used to listen to Howard Stern. Wow, those are two I didn't watch. We all used to watch Johnny Carson or Jay Leno. Too young for those. It doesn't 
it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Everything's on demand at your fingertips. Everyone, the audience has shrunk. I. How about this one? This is real. Uh, this to me is. Um, I don't understand. <laughs> I go into my son's room the other night. On was it Saturday night? I guess. Yeah. I guess, well, maybe Friday night. Whenever the Nets played the Pistons, I go into his room and I just open the door and he's lying on his bed watching his phone. I'm like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'm watching the Net game." <laughs> and, I, and I look to my left, and I look back at him, and I come over, and sure as hell, he's watching the game on his phone. I said, you're aware that 37-inch screen has the game on, right? He goes, yeah, no, this is better. I'm like, how? <laughs> In what world is this better than that? Yeah. He goes, I don't know. I'm just used to watching YouTube and everything on my phone. Yep. I'm like, I'm, Al, when I tell you I am mesmerized by the way he consumes sports and at really anything at this point, it blows me away. It's so different. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't get it. I, I understand it's a different generation. I understand he's 16 years old. You've got a 37-inch flat screen that's beautiful images. Watch it on that. Right. No, I'm good right here. I'm like, wow. Okay. So bizarre to me. But crazy, different ideas, different takes, different interests. That's right. Uh, now most people agree that the warm-up show is something everyone listens to, <laughs> and that is coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow on a Wednesday. Yes, Jerry. Right on. So, what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Right, here we go, Tuesday morning, a couple minutes after 5 o'clock. What do you say from New York City, where I was asked for money this morning at about 3.30? Uh, I am with the Eddie Scazzeri and down the Jersey Shore for one more week. His name is Albert Henry Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning, Jerry. How much were you asked for? A specific what, uh, dollar yes. amount? This is what's funny. I pull up to a light on 6th Avenue, and a guy comes over, not in a suit, but very well-dressed. Oh. And my window was mm, probably half open. It was 50 degrees in New York, though. It was 38 degrees by my house, which is weird. And so my window was half open, and I hear him say, Sir, sir, can, can you spot me $25? 25 bucks. <laughs> not some spare change. Do you have a... $25. Um, and he said, like, no, spot me. I can't. And I like you're going to meet back up right. later on for <laughs> repayment. Yeah. Um, listen, we're never going to see each other again. So no, I don't think to goes. I don't think my windows are ever rolled down in New York ever. Yeah, like I, I am uh, locked in my car. Uh, uh, I would never roll down a window if someone could sneak right in through the window. I don't need that, Jerry. Yeah. I like the window open. I like fresh air. You do. Well, in New York, you don't really get fresh air. You get, you know, Skunk air. <laughs> Whatever's going on in that city. You get New York City air. Yeah, a mix of like urine, sewage. Oh, all right. You know. I woke up this morning and I went to my kitchen counter where I make my uh, precious coffee every morning and there were about 100 ants on my counter. You're so, kidding me. 
Got an ant problem, Jerry. I would say you have an ant problem. Wow. I have to call an ant person. That's not good, dude. I sprayed them uh, down with Windex, and it killed them all, and then I wiped them all up. And they didn't come back out, so I don't know what the story is, but uh, this happened last year. Uh, This, uh, this, I guess this happens every year around this time around here. When you first moved in, it happened? Uh, It did happen when I first moved in. And then my uh, neighbors uh, said to me, um, they go, did you uh, spray for ants? Because I got some, you know, ant spray at like Home Depot or something. Yeah. I go, yeah, I did. She goes, yeah, they all came to our house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's your problem. So I, I think she was essentially telling me, don't spray for ants because they just come over to us. You should have suggested, why don't you go to Home Depot and buy some ant spray? Or I'll give you some of my ant spray. Spray over there. Have you let them move on to another neighbor. Under the cabinet or under the counter to see where they're coming from. Yeah, I think they're coming from uh, behind my windows. There's like a big, uh, there's an area. So I just sprayed a whole bunch of stuff in there, in that uh, opening area. All right, well, good. I hope so, you don't get attacked by ants this morning. I'll be calling an exterminator, Jerry, and say I have an ant. They're, they're really tiny ants, so I just smush them with my fingers, roll them up, and throw them in the sink. Isn't that a Geico commercial? You have an ant problem? Ge- yeah, but it's like actually like your aunt your from aunt, your aunt and uncles. Like aunt Melba. Yeah, complaining all day long. Good old Aunt Millie shows up, yes. Oh, that's right, Jerry, but good old Aunt Millie. You have a rat problem and rat shows uh, up. No, no. Listen, that that's the one thing I can't handle. I can handle... Oh. I can handle bugs all day long. Like there, If I have cockroaches, I, I don't... I can handle that. I could fix that. It's not... Ugh. To have like a mouse or something, like an actual animal with a heartbeat, that that's I'm not rodent. interested in. We had a... When we first moved into the house we're in now... The first week we were there, a little uh, little mouse ran across the living room. Yeah. Say, what is that? Yeah, that I'm not interested in. And so the place came and you know set the traps and they were gone. Yeah. So uh, I'll handle the I'll handle these uh, ants, but just let them know, Jerry, they are on notice. Well, you're on the second floor though, right? So you wouldn't have any m- mice. Um, I'm on the I have a first floor section. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you oh, were yeah. above. Oh. Interesting. I have a first and second. So when you, oh, okay. So you can sit above and judge people as opposed to yes. being eye level with them. Correct. Oh, perfect for you. Okay. But I'm on ground level also, so that the ants show right up to my place. Yeah. No, I was thinking more about the ju- judgment nature of you when you get to yeah. look at people and no, people I'm, watch. I'll, I will be judging very shortly. Because you haven't not already. A, not a day goes by where I don't judge another human being. I'm very aware of that. John Mara, though, Jerry, this is interesting, and I wonder why he has to do this every year. Now, is he this says, new from the New York Post article? From This is from the New York Post article, From Sunday. Yes. Sunday, yes, where he said he'd be disappointed if things don't turn around quickly, that he's starting to get impatient. But he also said, I'm not saying we have to make the playoffs. Yeah, I hate when he does that. Me too. It's like enough already. So you'd be all right at 8-8 eight and, eight and not make the playoffs again? He says, well, I never want to be... I never want to be in that business. I guess of you saying you are in that business, right? That's a yeah. That's a weird. One. We talked yesterday about some of his comments about Daniel um, Daniel Jones being yeah. capable of taking them to a Super Bowl. A lot of good stuff that he said. This to me though, and I, you know, it's one thing when you're four and twelve and you're starting the rebuild. I feel like this is like year seven of the re. It's enough, right? It's like year seven of. We don't have to make the playoffs, but as long as we're improving, I'll tell you what, Al. This is the perfect guy you'd want to work for. John Mara, yeah. It no seems pressure. like it. It seems like it. Yeah, I'd be like, we don't have to make it to playoffs, right? As long as we just better than last year. That's it. And Do you remember you, off the top of your head their record last year? Uh, they were, were they seven and nine? Because they lost out. NFL standings, Googling. I'm trying to think. Were they six I'm gonna and guess, ten? I'm going to guess seven and nine, but let's see where we were at Because they beat the Cowboys. Week six and ten. Six and ten. 
Jesus, that's right. You're right. So eight and eight, although they're a 17 game season, now we don't get a team that's good. You'll never be 500. It's awful. Unless, of course, you tie one of the games, right? Well, sure, of course. So uh, the Giants can be, even if the Giants are like eight and nine. That's right. This 17 year, games this year. If they're eight and nine, that's an improvement. That's one game better. Well, it's two uh, games better. I guess uh, John Marrow would he be would be happy with that. Yes, you know, I have uh, I have winners mentality, Jerry. I don't think those in no, those ways. You have be a backup quarterback and hide and just collect the paycheck mentality. Right on a winning team, though. Like, I don't you would do be for just a fine team. being a backup on a bad team and collecting your paycheck and never playing. Hmm. You wouldn't care if I if you were on. The Cleveland Browns back in the day, not yeah. these Cleveland Browns because they're better. The Cleveland Browns for however many years ago when they were 6-10 and 10 or worse. I mean, they had one horrific year, but you were the backup quarterback, and let's say you were making $3.1 million yeah. as a backup quarterback. I think you'd be fine. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Exactly. I would just go, I'd give a pep talk to the starting quarterback every day and be like, listen, don't take hits. Get rid of the ball. Don't get no. hurt. I don't want to play. <laughs> no need to no need to try to run for extra yardage. <laughs> don't extend the play. <laughs> don't extend the play. Just get down. Self-preservation. You know I what I'm saying? You to slide. <laughs> yeah, slide. Run out of bounds when you can. Get rid of the throw the ball out of bounds. There's never a penalty for that. Uh, you would be a great teammate because you don't want to play, but a brutal teammate because you're telling you how not to get hurt. Yeah, just, uh, well, some would say that that's a good thing for me telling you how not to get hurt. I suppose. I'd be like, look, our owner doesn't care if we make the playoffs or not as long as we just improve from next year. <laughs> and last year we were 6-10, and 10, so we'd almost accidentally have to improve. He has said that. That is true. Although not, it's going to be so weird trying to guess, like, team over-unders now because of 17-game season. Um, like, like well, how many games are there? No, you'd be Whoa. fine after you figure it out. The over-under is still the same thing. Over-under, 9.5. What do you think? But the five hundred be five. You can't be five hundred. So you'd have to be either a nine and eight or eight and nine. Look at how you did that math so quickly. quickly. That was impressive. Quickly, right in my head. Seven and ten is going to look like a loser though, because you got double digit losses. I hear you. That would be that would be bad. Yeah, double seven. digit losses is not going to be good. But you know Jerry. what though? In fairness, Al, seven and nine always suck too. Eight and seven eight, and I nine. Could, I could always live with eight and eight. That's why eight yeah. and nine will be tough. Yeah, eight and nine is gonna look. You're gonna look like a loser. But seven and nine wasn't good. So now eight and nine is gonna take the place of the seven and nine. You yes. gotta be nine and eight now. Correct. If you want to be a winner, yeah. if you want to be a winner in my book, I you gotta be nine winners. and eight. Winners. Who was that? Mike Singletary that did that. Uh, yes, Mike Singletary, the great uh, legendary coach, Mike Singletary. Well, a legendary linebacker. Let's relax that coach thing. Not great as he a took coach. Took his pants down. He did. He couldn't stand that players did not have his intensity. That's why it's very difficult for a great, great player to become a good head coach or manager. Right, because right, you look at all these guys like, what losers? How are they even in the NFL? How did you not dive, sprawl out, make the catch, get up and throw the guy out at first? Right. Uh, not capable, sir? Yeah. I suck. <laughs> Well said, Al. <laughs> uh, it also seems like uh, 49ers are going for a, uh, as we discussed yesterday, it seems like the 49ers are going for a quarterback in this draft, which is why they traded down. That's what that's what people seem to think. Yeah. Uh, which means that their time with Jimmy Garoppolo may be over. Former Patriots tight end Jermaine Wiggins was on the WEEI radio up in Boston and said that, when Jimmy Garoppolo was on the Patriots, that the players on the team, I guess behind his back, called him Mr. Glass hmm. because he couldn't stay on the field with all of his injuries. Didn't Walter's trust son? 
Walter Glass? Who's Walter Glass? You don't remember the famous Walter Glass? No. For reals. For reals. Eddie, if I say Walter Who is Glass, do you, no. Oh, boy. It was Jan's boyfriend and the Brady Bunch. You seriously don't remember that either. How old are you, Jerry? Uh, Eddie and I are young. We're much younger. I'm significantly younger than Eddie. Walter Glass? Yes. How do you not remember that? I don't recall that. No, she didn't. So her parents were, were, uh, for whatever reason, they were quizzing her or grilling her on something about needing a date or something. And she said she had a boyfriend. Oh, who is it? And, you know, Walter. And then she's looking at a glass of water. They're like, Walter who? Walter Glass. How do you not know that? That's actually surprising to me. Hmm. Which is more surprising, that I don't know it, or I would say Eddie, because he seems more like a Brady Both Bunch of kind of guy. As kids, we watched the, you don't watch the Brady Bunch as a kid? I loved Brady Bunch. But how do you not know Walter Glass then? I don't know. I, he was not a mean character. He wasn't a character. He was a fictional character right. in one episode. In one episode. I, I'm not one of those. I, even with, uh, like, I think I watched Seinfeld like a thousand, I've seen every th- Seinfeld episode a thousand times. Right. Then I go and talk to those, uh, this podcast is making me thirsty, guys. And I don't know what they're talking about. Really? Because, yeah, there are some people that get, you know, there are different levels. It's the same with, like, sports knowledge. There's sure. different levels. There are people that you feel like you know everything, and then you meet people who, like, really know everything, like an Evan Roberts can embarrass type. embarrass you. Yeah, and you're like, how does he? Like, I listen to Carton Roberts in the afternoon. Evan knows. Everything. He's got a re- an incredible recall for yeah. well, it's recall, and he he is so well read, Al. As, so here's the difference, right? You read a headline and maybe yes. the first couple of sentences. Correct. Evan reads. How about this novel concept? The entire article. But then he retains. Like he he'll does. reference random Met games from the 2006 season. Well, he was also but at every do? game. That's part of it too, as a season ticket holder. I will tell you. There was one year, and I, I, I'm not like Evan, I can't recall everything, but there was one year, I think it was 2012, see, I forget, where we took Matthew to probably 16 or 17 Devil games. And I remember a lot of them. I don't know, it's different when you're there, and Evan has been a Mets season ticket holder since his father's had season tickets for like 35 years or something. So he lives and dies with that team. And the other stuff, he's just very well read. He's he's a cross between Beningo and Russo from this standpoint. Joe used to go to everything. Russo reads about everything. And Evan is right in the middle of the two of them, which makes him, as I have always said, one of the best talk show hosts I've seen around here in terms of sports. Yeah, he'll be like, uh, that reminds me of a 2006 Carlos Delgado at bat. I'm like, what are you talking about? I like about? when Craig quizzes him, and then Craig looks it up, and he's like, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> loser. <laughs> it's like Boomer has this recollection for games that he played in. Right. Which is, uh, he'll randomly say, like, someone will bring up, hey, do you remember this game? Boomer, like, yeah, I think we won that game 49-6. Like, how do you remember that? Yeah, I guess because you're a part of it. I don't know. I mean, I don't remember much myself, so... Uh, unfortunately, I'm not that way. I wish I, I really wish I was. I'm not. Well, you're taking Noriva now. How's that working out for you? Not great. Really? Yeah, I still notice no difference. I'm taking. I'm eating. Uh, I'm eating uh, Brazil nuts. Uh, noticing no extra testosterone. I'm taking uh, Noriva. I'm noticing no extra brain activity. You don't yep. seem smarter. You're not more no. well spoken. The only thing that works is Metamucil. Everything comes out much <laughs> smoother. That's working. <laughs> well, here's the difference. All right. With Metamucil, it is like you see it immediately, the results. Well, not immediately. It's like really the next day. Well, no, no, but I'm saying like once you start taking it. Oh, I see. Yes. You can see the results very quickly. 
Right. I think the Nariva, you're not really going to realize it until you do. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, all of a sudden, I think you'll notice you are speaking clearer. You're thinking with a little less cloudiness in your head. And that's where it kind of, it's a slow process. I think with the Brazil nuts, I don't know. Let us know how Friday night goes or these Saturday Brazil, night. These Brazil nuts, are, are, uh, I, it's probably mental, but I don't know. I, I, everything, I feel like any time you make a change, you got to give it a month. I agree. I, and listen, I don't think by eating three Brazil nuts, you're going to walk around in an excited state if they will. Right. But let's see what happens this weekend and let us know when you derobe. <laughs> when I reveal myself <laughs> yes. in a robe. You're still doing that, huh? I've not revealed. Oh, that's a that's a uh, vacation move that I pull. It's so uh, no vacations, coronavirus, this sort of thing, Jerry. <laughs> so it's just blah now. Yeah. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> it's like that Pac-Man. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Oh, Pac-Man boy. gets eaten. All right, quarter after five, we got to take our first break. When we come back, we'll get back to some uh, business of sports, I, I have, suppose. Yes. Yeah, I've some good stories, Jerry. I've got the uh, satanic sneakers. I've got the yeah, Baylor. Yeah, I talked about that yesterday. Very weird. I've got this Baylor women's basketball coach had an interesting take on coronavirus. Did you see, the, did you see her? Well, we'll come back Let's with that. Let's do that when we come we'll back, We'll take Jerry. a break. Uh, all of that straight ahead. And then Boomer and Geo, top of the hour, 6 o'clock a Tuesday on the fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry. Two scientists responsible for the COVID-19 vaccine. There's the music. 524. By the way, it's George Glass, not Walter Glass, as many people told me on uh, Twitter. So still, you don't, you guys don't remember. So whatever. Um, women's college basketball, which we don't discuss often. Done. Hi, Jerry. Hold on. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I, I, my, my plug got kicked out. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. There we are. There's my music, Jerry. Yeah, no, we're done with the music. Yeah, it's over. yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, Al. Thanks for joining. It got like, kicked out. My 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 uh, plug from my computer to my uh, comrades machine, where my music comes from, got kicked out. Come on. Oh yeah. I suck. <laughs> Do not, not even say a good I song. Suck. This is a great song. No, it's not. It's one of the great Bon Jovi songs. No, it's not. Hold on. Just listen to the chorus. Right here. Wild in the streets. Come on, Jerry. Not a great Bon Jovi song. Sorry. Are you from New Jersey? Not a great Bon Jovi song. Not even in the top ten. Bon Jovi fans would disagree. No, they wouldn't. No one's from ever Slip- even heard of that song. It's from Slippery. This album sold like a billion copies. Yes. Slippery when wet. And that was the twelfth song on the album. It that possibly no one was. To. It was later on. In the, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it was later on on the cassette, probably. All right. So let's get to this Baylor All women's right. coach. I, I love read the this quotes. story. Um, you can read them to us. I don't All have right. the audio, but you can. Um, I don't think we have the audio anyway. Well, maybe we do. Why don't you? Let's see here. If I All right. It. So B- Baylor's women's basketball coach. Her name is Kim Mulkey. She said that the NCAA should dump COVID testing for the Final Four. 
with her quote being, wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you get kids that test positive or something and they don't get to play in the final four? (laughs) Well, yeah, it would be a shame and that's what will happen. (laughs) She continues, so you just need to forget the COVID test and get the four teams playing in each final four and let's go battle it out. Yeah, well, here's here's the problem. Now, did she say this prior or this was before the game? I believe it was after. It was after the game. Here's the problem with what she is saying. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, in a way, I get what she's trying to convey because they're in the bubble. They're being tested every day. At this point, there really shouldn't be an issue if they are true to the bubble. Like, how would COVID enter if? And and I, I talked to the people um, specifically with the Rutgers basketball program with how tight it was. Like, there is no way you were even allowed to go outside. You were basically confined to your room or to your team. And that was it. And it was to the room, to the bus, to the arena, back to the bus, back to your room. You could practice, but like you weren't seeing anybody on the outside. So in one way, she's right. It probably seems like this giant inconvenience at this point because of the way they're handling things. But on the flip side, I don't think you can be so cavalier just to say the hell with it and let's just go play. And also with only four teams and three games, once you get to the final four, you just wait and then play it. You could do that, too, I I suppose. But whatever. My point is they'll be fine. As long as everybody's staying true to the bubble, which I think they are, there shouldn't be any issues. Let the kids play, Jerry. Let them. If they're all COVIDed up, let's let them play. We are down to the final few handful of games. They've done a really good job. I felt bad for her, too, last night. Did you see any of her press conference? Women's basketball press conference? I did not catch that. Okay. I mean, you brought it up. That's why I'm asking. She had a little bit of trouble with the mask. I felt bad for her. It was like sideways on her face at one point, and she's trying to fix it. (laughs) No, I did read she had coronavirus already this. So uh, did Gino Ariema, yeah. Is women's basketball, are the powerhouses the same as men's basketball, or are they different? Uh, UConn is a top team every year for the last 77 years. They're unbelievable. I think they've now made it to the Final Four 13 straight years. So what's up with their men's basketball team? Why can't they get it together? They're on the rebound, and they played very well this year. So they're they're working on it. And they're in the top 10 historically, maybe even top six in terms of championships won. UConn men's? Yeah, but they haven't men's. been great in a while. Now. Correct. Not like the women. UConn women are a machine. Yeah, 13 straight. That says it all. The UConn women should uh, go over to the men's area where they play basketball. What, what are you doing? You're embarrassing the school. With your terrible seasons year after year. Meanwhile, they were, we're good dominating. They were good this year. They're not in the Final Four. Uh, no, they're not, but they were good this year. That's a failure to me. I mean, I was UConn, the head coach, failure. U- UConn women is basically the best players in the country want to go play there. Like, I don't That's know true. how that ever, until Gino Oriama leaves, I don't know how it ever changes. Because you'll get teams that will get great players. They get a collection of great players every year and recruits. It's unbelievable. Just like is when it, uh, Calhoun left, it was hard to replace him for the on the men's side. He was the he was the UConn men's coach, Jim Calhoun. I know, I know who that is. Don't test my college basketball knowledge. What knowledge? You will be disappointed. <laughs> who was the famous UCLA coach? Walton. <laughs> What do you got next, Al? (laughs) (laughs) Now, you mentioned uh, you talked about this a little bit yesterday, that uh, rapper Lil Nas. (laughs) Yes. He's selling Satan shoes. 
Yes, yeah, so, um, G and I talked about this yesterday. I, maybe off the air. I don't remember because we were looking at the story. It was bizarre. Yeah. In that he, I guess he buys the way G was saying it. He buys the shoes and then redesigns them. To yeah, sell they're, them. they're Nike Air Max 97s. And then he gets somebody to custom design them. Now, they sold out in less than a minute yesterday. How many pairs? Uh, each well, he he made six hundred sixty six pairs. Wow, six 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 sign of the I devil. I get it. Yeah, each pair contains one drop of human blood. They cost one thousand eighteen dollars each, and they sold out in a sold minute. Out. Uh, good news for them, the Church of Satan has thrown their support behind the shoes. So you look for an endorsement like that when you're putting together something. As you can imagine, Nike's not thrilled with this. You think? They're, <laughs> they don't Nike, want to be aligned with Satan now? <laughs> Nike doesn't want you to think that they're making Satan shoes right now. And I would think that. I would. Me too. I, I did. When I very first saw this story a couple of days ago, when it was very first starting their surface, I was like, Nike selling something called a Satan shoe? What yeah. are they doing over there? I would absolutely think that that was Nike. And until G explained what he read, that how he is redesigning them. And that's a tricky game, don't you think? I would think so. I don't think I could just redesign a Nike sneaker and sell it. Like, how is that even legal? To resell something that you redesigned and call it a Nike? I mean, it is a Nike sneaker. But right. they didn't make that. They did not. Although I wonder if they, you know, they are selling really well. What if Nike starts uh, producing these? You know what? Nike's made Satan so much money. Shoes. I don't think they want to get involved in satanic shoes. But here's the thing: like they're the, the sneaker culture, like people who love to uh, yeah. buy sneakers. Bob Dwyer's like that. Bob Dwyer. I know Craig is a sneaker guy. Okay. S- sneaker heads, they call them. They'll want these shoes because they're limited edition people. But yeah, it just hit me. So you're telling me this guy made. So did he just buy basic Nike sneakers for like thirty or forty dollars? Whatever the Air Max ninety sevens cost, even a hundred bucks. So you're right. telling me he just made half a million dollars? Not no, a half selling six hundred sixty. No, it's more than that. I can't. Do and that they're right. all numbered. It would be cool if you got uh, shoes six six six. The number of the beast. Uh, oh, I mean, if you want that to be cool, I think I would pass on that. No. Why is 666 the number of the beast? I feel like Eddie would know that. It's from Revelation. The last well, book of the of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Revelation. Talks, talks about the sign of the beast and all this stuff. I had always heard that 666 meant that the that the beast, the devil, was going to show up on June 6th. 1966? Yeah, 1966 or, or June 6th. Yeah, anything with a 6 in it. Yeah, that would be incorrect. Iron Maiden was really big into... Into uh, the number of the beast, they had like a so- they had a, co- a song called "The Number of the ba- Beast." Did they say six 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 in it? They did. Hmm. They went. S- then they scream. You know them. They go six six six. The number of the beast. <laughs> and our AM six <laughs> signal now. Ooh, interesting. Is six sixty not six sixty six? Correct. It was two six. That's enough for Al. If it was six sixty six, imagine you turn it on and be like, the- "This is the devil." <laughs> that I'm would talking be- sports. I don't think that that would go well. Devil sports, yeah, that's so much. I mean, I wonder if there's a devil sports out there somewhere. You're listening, devil sports radio, yeah, um, yeah. D- devils uh, play in New Jersey. They have the, they probably that's, call the devil's radio the, network. That's the devil's that's evil, yeah. Matt Lachlan, he must be the he, voice of the devils. Mm-hmm. Devil sports radio. Imagine, like, used to be like, the devil lives in my house. How do you know? 
I, in the middle of the night, hear, I hear this. Score! <laughs> the only thing that comes up is Sun Devil Radio Network for Arizona State and a Blue Devil mm-hmm. sports right. for Duke, but no Devil Radio. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, don't count him as a fan of these sneakers. He, he tweeted out uh, that uh, line has to be drawn somewhere, shaking my head. Yeah, I mean, you can draw the line, but who's going to do anything about it? Well, you don't count Trevor Lawrence as one of the 666 pair. I didn't he's say he not would. interested. No, and a lot of people won't be interested, but no one's going to stop him from making these and selling them unless Nike steps in, to which he'd probably go to the next sneaker company. He just made, he just made, you know, after he paid for the shoes, I imagine, he made about five five $550,000 in, in, a, in a minute. Yeah, I did hear based on this that Reebok is putting out a Lucifer shoe. So if you didn't get the... Devil shoes, Jerry. You might want to check out uh, the Reebok Pump Lucifer sneakers. 25 in front of six. We have a lot Available. more to do. <laughs> you go buy them. Uh, it's Alan Jerry until Boomer and Geo at the top on the fan. Al and Jerry. Radio Gaga. Radio Voodoo. Radio Doodoo. All right, 20 in front of six. Nice to have you with us on this Tuesday. Uh, Still a lot to get to. We haven't even mentioned Francisco Lindor yet, who apparently 32.5 a year for 10 years is not enough for him. He would prefer to have 32.1 a year for 12 years. And so Lindor and the Mets is a little bit of a standoff here as he wants $385 million. That's what I want. (laughs) Because 325 isn't enough. Honestly, these guys are all a bunch of pigs. Really. And I know you want to say get as much as you can, no question. But th- this is stupid. No, re- <laughs> Come on. And when you see this, what do you think, honestly? I think it's time to burst the bubble, Jerry. That's what I think. I it's time to break. burst the bubble. The Mets offered him 32.5 for 10 years, and they say, no thanks. We want almost $400 million, and by the way, less annual value. But and I, Come on. This, I'm just telling you, this is the thing. Doing? It just it bugs me. It bo- and I know it's not my money, and who cares? It has, should not have any effect on me, but it bugs me because the, the money isn't coming from legit baseball sources. I didn't mean to get into this scam. part. I was really trying to get into the mentality of... Right, but I'm just saying it all goes together. It's, just, it's, it, it, it's very annoying. Because of the way baseball economics work. And I don't like it one bit. It's like sponge tech all over again. It feels like a scam. Well, it's been going for uh, 200 years, so it is what it is. It ain't going anywhere. But this is just, I don't know. He went from being, I think, the the Met hero they were hoping for to very quickly, if he doesn't sign something by Thursday night, Met fans are going to hate this guy. I mean, they'll root for him. I but, feel like they'll, they'll blame the Mets for this. That's no, as they always do. I the Mets fan so. always blames the Mets. You know what, Al? In this case, I don't think so. When you offer $325 million, I mean, you're talking some serious money over a decade. They went 10 years. And most people will tell you going beyond five in this day and age is stupid. They, they were is. offering him 10 years. He'll be 37 or 38 when the 10 years is up. It's enough. Like, take the money. It's not. It's just It's annoying. It's stupid. I always just feel like the Met fan always blames the Mets. The big, uh, I thought St- I thought money was never going to be an issue. Just give them the money. I, and I agree with you, but I think that they have gone the extra mile here. And I think a Met fan wakes up seeing, wow, he turned down what? I could be wrong. Maybe we'll take some calls later during the show, and maybe Met fans will blame Steve Cohen for this. I don't see how you can. 
taking your calls. Who's the loser here? I did see the Mets are also going to bring back their black jerseys. I like the black jerseys. Now, why? I read the I read the headline. Why are they polarizing? See, like I hate the black jerseys because okay. uh, uh, every team's got black jerseys. It's do. like well, the Yankees don't, the Red yeah. Sox don't. Well, I don't mean – I'm saying a lot. When teams change jerseys, they always change to black. It's like when the Atlanta Falcons had those awesome red uniforms all those years, and they're like, let's get new uniforms, black. Yeah, but I think in baseball, I think you're wrong about that. I think that's the one sport where they don't go to black jerseys. Football, yeah, yeah sure. I just – the Mets colors, those are those iconic New York orange and blue. So, And then you just throw black on them. I don't know. I, do. I think they're neat. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, Jerry. No, I don't want to see them for 81 games. But I think like a special Saturday, Jerry, I think they're cool. Hmm. Especially with the crap we're seeing in the NBA. I mean, I'm tired of these jerseys, everything they're throwing out there. It's a different jersey every other game. Yeah, they're trying to sell some jerseys so that they could pay their players $400 million a year. Yeah, well, it's working for them. The Mets have also hired a law firm to review workplace culture with a focus on sexual harassment and discrimination issues. Okay. I feel like this is a job I could do. You go in with a PowerPoint presentation. You go, you know, you know uh, what Mickey Calloway did and Jared Porter did? Don't do that, you dummies. <laughs> you could do that, I suppose. That would be my presentation. I go, the end. I think there'd be a little bit Pay more me. investigating that goes into it, though. <laughs> What well, they're they reviewing. Knew. Yeah, they're going to review workplace culture. You yeah. think they they're they're walking around the office? I do. Peeking in at people. I think they're interviewing a lot of people. You're like, how many employees do you think the Mets organization has? I don't know. Hundreds. So they get they get interviewed about like what they think, what the culture is over there, and what yeah. they think could be improved, and that sort of thing. I oh, think that's not a bad idea. Probably then. how people view them, how they view their bosses, how they yeah. view the people underneath them. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it takes a while to actually go through this. It'd be perfect hmm. for you. You can make a lot of money, not do right. a ton, and work on your time frame. Right, and really milk it. Oh yeah, I mean you—you uh, you would milk this for literally six months. I'm gonna need—I need three hours with each employee to really get to the heart of the matter. Three hours. Three much, hours. That's a lot of. And then what's going to take a lot of years to get this done happened? with a lot of payments for me, <laughs> and then just tell people to behave properly. Everyone knows the proper way to behave. People just don't do it. Yeah, like we all know. We know what's. We know what's a crime. We know what's the right way to treat people and what's the wrong way. Telling people, like we already know, people are still just jerks and act the other way anyway. Yes. Know what I'm saying, Jerry? Yes. I like what you just said. People are still jerks. They're just jerks. Yeah. In a lot of cases, you're right. Or they're just, they don't want to change. And they are what they are. Right. I'll use... What? <laughs> Vinny T on uh, Twitter, Jerry, says, as a Mets fan, if Lindor doesn't take $325 million, then he tells him to get lost. Yeah, I think that I really do believe that the Mets fan will root for him this year, but they will turn on him in a blink hmm. if he turns – if he legit – if they don't have an agreement by Thursday night and it is I am not coming off my 385 and the Mets say, well, we're sitting at 325 and he says, no, thank you, I think a Mets fan will be ticked off. At him, not the team. And Major League Baseball is relaxing protocols for players and staff who get vaccinated. They'd be allowed to gather without masks in hotel rooms. They can carpool together like you and I used to do, Jerry. They can play cards on airplanes together. You know, know, why wouldn't you be able to if you have the full vaccine? 
They'll be able to eat at restaurants. They can stay at personal residence. They can play. They can play pool in the clubhouse, Jerry. Yeah, get back to what they used to do. They can make out with each other because they'll all be vaccinated. If they want to, let them be have allowed. at it. Absolutely. They would be allowed to. Yes, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, we're moving uh, towards that direction. How many? I, how many managers do you think have been vaccinated? I would say most of them because they're all. Are they still all old dudes? Or there's a young? I feel they're like really younger not. guys. A lot of the managers are in their forties now. Yeah, I prefer my managers in their sixties. Like, no offense. Like, you're the old dude now. Me. Yeah, I mean you're 51. A lot of Say these what? guys, a lot of these guys are in their 40s. Oh, isn't Aaron Boone only 49? Doesn't that sound right? Sounds right. Let's I know see. he's in his 40s. You're right because he had that uh, heart situation, and I remember thinking, "Wow, what a, for a young fella." Aaron Boone just turned 48. 48. So you're three and a half years older than him. Yeah. So, and if I'm going to pull up the list of managers in baseball now, because I don't think I could name them all off the top of my head. Oh. Not right now. When I was a kid, uh, I could. Let's well, it's a little different now. the 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 turnover is rapid uh, these days. All right, let's see here, real quick. If I take, oh, see, so yeah, they're giving me the list of managers from the year nineteen nineteen. Give me a break. They say, Jerry, that teams that get eighty five percent of their group vaccinated will no longer have to wear masks in the dugout or the bullpen. Sure, I believe that. That's putting a lot of pressure on dudes. I'd be like, listen. We need you vaccinated so we don't have to wear these masks and come play cards together on the team plane. They're right, giving here, incentives. Here's who I think. Here's who I think you're older or is older than you. Yeah. I would think Brian Snitker is from the Braves. Okay. He better be. He looks old. I would say Terry Francona is older than you. From the yes, Indians. for sure. Bud Black in Colorado. Bud Black yeah, is still the manager in Colorado? Because Bud Black was a picture when i was a kid playing uh, with baseball cards yeah i don't think this is an updated uh oh but uh, but looking at it here i'll tell you this uh don mattingly is older than you right he's still in miami is he not yeah don mattingly's still in miami um ba -ba -ba -ba, charlie montoyo is older than you um boy a lot want, of these guys are younger though uh, they really I want are my i want my baseball managers the same way i want my pilots a little gray that sh but not too gray, not too old, but old. Someone's got a little bit of experience, but not who's... What you want, Jerry, is not someone who's young that doesn't have experience. So you want a little white in the hair, a little gray in the hair. You want someone with experience, but not too old that they're losing their faculties. Okay, right? that's fair. When I got on an airplane, well, I learned this from my mother. You get on an airplane, you peek your head in the cockpit, you take a look, see what type of pilot we got. And when she would see a, a white or gray-haired pilot, she knew we were in for a smooth flight, Jerry. That you were good. Yeah, that's the way I think about my managers. I want a whitey Herzog and Earl Weaver. You realize you're only five years younger than Joe Girardi? I'm five years older or younger? Younger, younger. That makes me feel good. That makes you feel good? Yeah, because I, I don't want to be older than Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager. But you are, by three years. You are, I would say, the majority of managers are younger than you. Hmm. I would say, well, maybe well, half, not the majority, half. Well, I don't like the. I don't like where this is going. Well, in I'm baseball. just saying, like Luis Rojas, Rocco Baldelli, Aaron Boone, um, Jace Tingler, hmm. Gabe Kapler, Scott Service, Ken, not him. Uh, there's a lot here that are younger than you. 
Can I claim ageism for them not hiring me? <laughs> no, you can't because I the other might. half are older than you. Oh. <laughs> you you probably are right in the middle of the manager age right now in MLB. Yeah. 51, half of them are older than you, half of them are younger than you. I'd wear the manager's outfit uh, well, you know, starter jacket. The uniform? Yeah, the uniform with the starter jacket underneath. Would you be like Buck and wear the, wear the jacket in the summer? Um, I'd wear a windbreaker. That's fair. Even when it's eighty degrees. Yeah, even when it's eighty degrees, because I, I, you know, I'd probably hit, my belly would be showing through the jersey. Have you seen some baseball managers? Your belly's <laughs> fine. All right, we got to take a break. We got to go. Uh, we got a radio.com sports minute. Then we'll get you back for one final segment. Boomer and Geo. Then at six. Right now, Amy Lawrence explains how history is being made at the NCAA tournament. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. Knicks lost last night. Nets won, and Francisco Lindor wants uh, $6 billion. What else you got, Al? Got a little more news on the Deshaun Watson situation. He, uh, according to uh, one of the uh, women filing a lawsuit, says that uh, he's scrubbing his Instagram messages, his DMs, and uh, trying to settle. With so 20 women? Evidently, yeah. Oof. Yeah, all right. One I... potential uh, plaintiff told her story to Sports Illustrated. She said his conduct was unlike anything she's experienced from an, any other client she's treated, although she said he did not try to force anything. Okay. I, hey, listen, there's still been nothing dropped off to the uh, to the police, yeah. correct? Coming up tonight, right after Clayton Roberts hits seven, it's an Elite Eight March Madness doubleheader. 